You're listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast with Jody Livingston and Chris Trent. What, what? You're still at it. It's <laughs> like episode 53, bruh. Episode 53. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast, helping you survive and thrive in youth ministry. And now, your hosts, Jody Livingston and Chris Trent. Well, hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the show today. Thanks for tuning in and listening wherever you are and wherever this finds you. Thanks for making this podcast today a part of your day. If it's your first time checking out the podcast, welcome. Thanks for checking it out. We're really super glad you're here. And if you're coming back, well, thanks for coming on back. And I'd like to say if you're listening in the shower, like I sometimes listen to podcasts in the shower, Shout out to you, shower podcast people. Shout out. And that's weird. You know, <laughs> I do. I'm just telling you. You have a really there. good phone case? Life proof. No, I've just got a little Bluetooth speaker at work. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah, if that's you, especially thanks, I guess, <laughs> for being here. Uh, great interview today. Great topic. Re- super relevant. All of the links and the resources that we will mention today, you'll be able to find on the show notes page over at thelongerhall.com slash episode 053. thelongerhall.com slash episode 053. So if you are ha- listening in the shower or driving and you can't write any of these things down, you just go to the show notes page and you find it. We're here for you. We're, yeah, that's what we do. We do this for you, right? You can find us on the Twitter sphere at, at Jody Livingston. And at Chris Trent. The most creative Twitter handles ever. And <laughs> Early adopters, like we like to say. Uh, of course, on the Facebook at The Longer Hall. So we're talking fundraising today. Mission trip fundraising. Yeah. And we've got one of the best, bro. Yeah. Like, I kid you not, I'm super excited. This is one of my favorite people in the world. All, all people in my life, I think, are my favorite people in the world. Exactly. I'm a little like Jimmy Fallon, like, like that, I think. We've always, I mean, that's every episode. I always say, like, the best interview Ever. Well, this or guy, the, my today, favorite guest ever. Let me tell you, and I'm going to introduce you to, to my friend here in just a second, but here's one of the reasons. And, I, and I, Jody, I, I've saved this. I haven't even said this to you yet. But every single year on my birthday, I get a text from this guy. He, and, and because we share a birthday. Wow. But the unique thing is that he is also a twin. And so every year I get the same text from this knucklehead saying happy birthday to the third best looking guy born on July 23rd. That's every amazing. Single year, every single year. Ladies and gentlemen, Bubba Crowder. Bubba. <laughs> hey guys, how are you? How are y'all doing? <laughs> is this true? You do send me that text every year. Am I lying? It is true. And it is true that you're the third best because you couldn't be the second because my twin looks just like me. Yeah. So. <laughs> you guys do look a lot alike. It's amazing. So, yep. Yeah. So, no, what, and we went to the same college. So, that wasn't confusing at all. We, we probably could do a whole podcast on twin stories with you guys and things y'all pull jokes on people about. That's true. Um, we, uh, we definitely uh, took advantage of that in high school. Um, you know, not, not a big school, not a small school, a 5A school in Alabama, but we've, we've swapped places. Um, you know, we've taken phone calls for each other. We've done all of those things oh, that you would expect a twin to do. But one thing we've never done is I've never felt his pain. So yeah. <laughs> it's not true. It's not a not a true it's not, it's not, not a true thing. experience. Well, Bubba Bubba is the uh, 
I'll let him give you a little bit more information here in just a minute as far as what he's actually doing. But he currently works with, uh, he's the founder and, and uh, works at Fundinations and 52 Threads. He does a lot of mission trip fundraising type type work there. But uh, Jody, I'd like to hear, or let me say this, Bubba, give us a little information, get a little background information as far as your ties to youth ministry. Maybe what, what your experience was in youth ministry just for a moment and then also, how you and I first met back when you were a camp director for a little while, uh, leading into what you do now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, back throughout college and then after college, I was a, a camp director for an organization uh, called Student Life that does camps and conferences across uh, the country. And um, met Chris. Uh, he's actually working the exact same job he's working right now. Um, and so I, he was working at Johnson Ferry, and I was the camp director at the, at the location and. Um, just made a great connection and relationship. Um, I left Student Life to go work at a church uh, just south of uh, Memphis in DeSoto County, Mississippi. Um, it's a suburb of Memphis. It just happens to be across the state line. Um, but moved here to be a middle school pastor um, and worked here actually in student ministry for about seven or eight years before transitioning to what I'm doing now full time. Um, but uh, I started working with uh, middle school students and then after a couple of years ended up being the overall student pastor for high school and middle school and college. Um, and then uh, kind of transitioned out of that role. While I was uh, working as a student pastor, um, I uh, began helping people raise money from mission trips. Um, I was doing that by designing shirts for them to sell. It was very much part-time uh, in 2008, just doing it on the side for friends of mine that were still in college and seminary um, and creating uh, you know, opportunities for them to raise money. And God just blessed that, continued to grow. Um, I just for numbers sake, that first year we helped raise eight thousand dollars. That felt like a great win. You know, it's something we were kind of doing on the side. Um, and then it again, it continued to grow and grow. We started helping people raise money for adoptions and nonprofits, made some great connections. And then um, about 2014, transitioned from full time at the church to part time at the church and doing this full time. Started hiring staff and we just continued to grow and help more and more people. Uh, to date, we've helped raise well over $10 million uh, for people that are going on mission trips, for families that are adopting their first child, second child, third child, and then for some, some pretty large nonprofits that we've been able to connect with, like Compassion International, Lifeline Children's Services, um, where we're doing, uh, doing T-shirts for them to sell as merchandise. So um, anyways, it's been, a, it's been a cool ride. We're up to 23 full-time staff um, spread out across four states. And, uh, yeah, we're just we're serving people. We've helped people go to over 150 different countries on mission trips. And so some pretty cool benchmarks there that we've been able to see uh, accomplished. Uh, and that's kind of our overarching goal is we desire as a company to help people go to or adopt from every single country in the world that's inhabited. And it's fair to say, though, that, I mean, on a regular basis, you're having conversations with youth pastors all the time, probably every day. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, that's been a great um a great avenue for us is obviously when you're talking about who has to pay for mission trips that may not have the financial means to do so, teenagers are always going to fall into that uh, category. And so um, I would say the majority of what we help, um, our students that we help fall between maybe 16 and 20 years old. You know, they're, they're juniors and seniors in high school, they're uh, freshmen or sophomores in college. Um, and, and, and one of the neat things about how we developed our customer services um, we don't have to work with a student pastor to help one of their students 
raise money. We can actually, we're built to work directly with the teenagers. You know, we explain it very, you know, very commonly, very, very simply for them to know, hey, this is exactly how this process works. Um, we help them walk through the financial aspect of it so there are no surprises. Um, and, and we handle all of that. Uh, and so we're not asking, we're not putting a burden on the student pastor because, you know, I, I work in the student ministry, know that the last thing that you want is for one more thing to be added to your plate uh, when it comes to details and planning. And so we just created a system where the students can come directly to us and we could help them. Um, even if they were a middle school student, they could contact us and we could walk them through the entire process uh, and make it easy uh, for them to, to, to fundraise and prepare for their mission trip. And, you know, one of the things that we've really gotten into is, is not just helping people raise money for a mission trip, but we'll help uh, a church's overall mission budget. You know, we'll create a shirt they can sell um, or some kind of product, a hat, a shirt, where they can sell it to their audience or their church um, and, and, you know, raise money for their missions budget in general. It may not be one specific person. It may be a church-wide, you know, T-shirt sale. So there's, there's a lot of different ways to do it, um, and we've seen a ton of them, and we've helped a ton of different people. Um, and just have really enjoyed this ride of, you know, there's something cool about helping people raise money because you're helping them accomplish something that otherwise they may not have the opportunity to do. Yeah, no uh, doubt. And I, you know, you know, I grew up in a home where um, my parents were, they're great, they're fantastic people, but they were not churched. And so, you know, providing money for things like camp, um, they, they had no problem. But as I got older, I started wanting to do some missions opportunities. Um, just really felt the burden to need to find a way to fund that myself. And so, um, you know, this would have been a, re- a great resource for me when I was 19 or 20 years old and in college. And that's kind of the, the heart behind it. You know, I, I really wanted to find a way to help those students that were in the same position I was, um, that they didn't have the financial means to go and do mission trips. And sometimes that's not about their parents not having money. That's just about them having the desire to fund it themselves and not, you know, not just lean on their parents. Um, and so anyways, so that's where that kind of, kind of started. It really, uh, got it, got its roots in student ministry, even though we've got some long reaching arms that, that touch all different types of church ministry and all different ministries around the, the country. Um, I was a student pastor when we, when we started it. No, and I think, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of folks listening are in situations where when it comes time for missions or for, even for camp, even like you said, like there's a lot of fundraising that's having to be done there and man fundraising as a whole is tricky you know like it it gets it gets tricky and then you have different churches with different policies towards that and then you have um you know in situations like uh where like in my case i've got two in my house this year that will go on mission trips with with our student ministry and my wife will also go and so when, when you're trying to deal with multiple kids, especially going someplace, man, you, you've got to have an option to be able to do that. So like um, when we were talking before, even we started the recording, like I've got my two oldest girls that are going on the trip. They're, they're right now working with you guys on T-shirt design uh, right. fundraising. So when you say like, hey, it's set up, they can go directly to that. I mean, I'm watching that live out in my uh, in my house, which is so, you know, just to say, like, you're not making that up. Like, that's that's happening, and I'm watching that happen firsthand, which is which is really cool. So, right. I yep. think the key there yep. is that we we think it's worth it, though. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and I, I don't, you know, again, if you know, I think a lot of our listeners are probably taking their their kids or trying to take their kids, you know, on mission trips. But the value 
the value of um, of taking your students on some type of mission trip, some type of mission, you know, project. Um, man, it's so worth it, right? Yeah. Right. No, no. I mean, our, our student ministry at our church—they left this morning for Honduras. They took um, a team of students, and um, you know, just just the buy-in to be able to give students a global perspective when they're teenagers is so is so important. And so, if if the funding is the one thing that you know divides that from happening or keeps that from happening, then we want to find a way to fill that gap and you know be in a, be of assistance to that. What are some of what, what? Why do you got? I mean, it, Jody, you could jump in here. Obviously, I'll, I'll listen. I mean, what? what and, and listen, we're camp guys. I love camp. You love camp, Jody, right, and yeah, yeah. you know, uh, Bub. I know you love camp, but yep. But also from an experience of like, but but there's something different about the mission trip experience with kids. Would you guys agree? Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, there's something about camp that even if it's a mission camp. Uh, it seems somewhat self-serving, you know, um, and for good reason. Obviously, we retreat for God to refresh us and to um, focus on things in our lives. But there's something that's so um, selfless about a mission trip that even if you don't go into it feeling that way, you'll come home feeling that way, you know, knowing that that you and, and that's the thing about short-term mission, short-term missions is that it really, um, you know, it changes us just as much as it changes where we are because we're 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 really affected by seeing uh, a different uh, perspective and a different part of the world even, um, and just getting our hands on with people, um, getting our hands kind of dirty with people and, and seeing what what that's like, um, you know. So for our student, for instance, our, our students at our church that left for Honduras this morning, some of them have never left the United States, and so for them. They'll come back with a completely different perspective on missions in general, on people in general, um, than before they left. And so that's so important to, to see students kind of dive into that. I trusted Christ at camp, but one of when I think back to 30 years ago, um, whenever I was first learning youth ministry and getting involved in youth ministry, um, one of the things that stood out, stands out the most to me, was the fact that our, our group took mission trips. I mean, I've got a, I've got a picture in my office of we went to Rapid City, South Dakota, and worked on a couple of the you know Indian reservations there, and uh, you know did some things. and And the memories, you know, I have some memories of camp and some memories of different outings, you know, that we maybe did. But most of my strong memories are the times we did those massive serving moments together. And honestly, even as a youth pastor for the last twenty years with my youth ministry and my youth groups all these years and the kids I've been working with, the memories that stand out for me are the ones that whenever we're in, you know, Dallas, Texas, or, you know, uh, wherever that might be, um, Clarkston, Georgia, you know, and I see middle school kids, uh, or some of our high school kids back when I was in Texas, you know, just stepping up and doing these amazing, amazing, amazing things. Yeah. We tell, we tell parents a lot like, Hey, we want your kid at D now. We want your kid at camp. But if you have to pick one, we want your kid on mission. Right. Um, we, and it's not that we don't believe in those other things. We want them to be involved in all those things. But, I mean, really, the, the mission aspect is so impactful and so influential that there's nothing. I mean, there, there's few things that will have such an influence so quickly, and even if it's just perspective, right? And so... Right. Um, we try to give those opportunities. And for us, we're wanting to build a culture of missions. So like our middle school students go someplace in the States. I think you guys do similar, right? You're in Texas. And yeah. then 
our um, high school students go overseas and then our college students as well. And we're trying to walk them through a process that builds within them a heart and a love for the nations. But, you know, it, it's expensive. Especially when you start going out of the country, it's expensive. And yeah. we don't ever want to put parents in a place where they're having to say no because they can't afford it. Yeah, no oh. doubt. So we want to talk about some things that, uh, some other ideas. That, you know, obviously, Bubba, you, you do T-shirts now. But um, what are some other things that we've seen for fundraising that works? I mean, is, yeah. do we want to rule out? I mean, there's still some other other ways of doing that besides, you know, T-shirts. Are, you know, that is a great thing that you guys are doing there, no doubt. But I'm sure you've seen some other things that people are doing that works pretty well also. Yeah, you know, we, we were actually joking about this in our office uh, here at From the Nations. About an hour ago, I was talking about coming on you guys' podcast and talking through fundraising. And, you know, whenever we go to uh, an event or a trade show, when you see several booths with different, you know, you can find everything from salsa to suckers to, um, you know, all, all kinds of fundraising uh, opportunities and avenues that people use. And, um, you know, I, I think what's most important uh, for a teenager, a student that's picking out uh, a fundraising avenue is what a what fits them. You know, what are they going to re? It's almost like you're the salesman to an extent. So what realistically can you, you know, push? For instance, we had a girl, one of the girls going to Honduras at our church. Um, she set up a booth in the lobby and she had these um, these uh, handmade bracelets that she had made. Um, and sold them to you know teenage girls, young ladies, um, kids that came by. And when you see her and you see her selling this product, it, it fits. You know, like it looks like something she would wear. She's very fashionable. She's homecoming queen type her, type type girl, and she's selling these bracelets to the other girls. Um, now, if I were to try to sell those bracelets, I'm going to go on a limb and say they wouldn't sell nearly as well as when she's standing there selling them. Does that make sense? No, totally. So, you know, so you want your students. There, there's not a blanket this works for everybody, but it's simply, what do you feel comfortable, you know, selling, promoting, um, and then also knowing your audience, you know, there, there are certain things that are just going to sell better in different environments. And, and we deal with that from a design aspect. So one of the things about fund the nations is that we, um, we do absolutely hundred percent free design. And that's, if you ask us for one design, that's if you're picky and you ask us for 38 designs, um, it's always free. And one of the things that we do up front is we send you just this list of kind of ideas and things to think through and look on our Instagram, because for every single person, you're in a different environment than somebody in a different part of the world. And so we want you to sell what's going to sell well in your audience. So before you ever just pick a random fundraiser, really need to think through, you know, those two things. What, What would I be good at selling? And then what would... Um, what would fit the audience that I'm trying to sell to. And I think with, if you guys look at your experience in student ministry, you could probably see success and failure in fundraising based on those two aspects. How important is, is telling the story, do you guys think? Like as far as, you know, like if we're going to this particular place, um, being able to, number one, I think – is it important to equip our teenagers to be able to tell the story of where they're going? In other words, I'm not just going to Honduras, but I'm going to Honduras to fill in the blank. Um, so how important is that, you know, um, in, in the, when it comes to just capturing people's hearts and getting them to come on board? Um, I, I think, I think it's of the utmost importance. You know, we, we tell people all the time that when you're trying to push something in front of people on social media, uh, an email when you're standing in front of them, that they're buying into your story. They're not buying your product. 
Um, the, the product's important because, it, again, it has to identify with you and it has to identify with your audience. But they are absolutely buying into your story. And so, um, you know, one of the things that we notice at Fundations is um, somebody who's raising money for a, a, a big cause, like a, it's, a, it's an adoption, maybe it's for a, a child with disabilities. People seem to really cling on to big stories like that when you can actually put it in front of them. Um, and so we've made a big deal at our company about making sure that we always put stories out in front of people for them to see, for them to read, for them to, to watch. Um, because that you're absolutely right, Chris, that is, is so paramount when it comes to fundraising is, am I sharing the story? Because that's what people identify with. That's what people connect with. Um, and if you did nothing other than share your story, that would be a better sales pitch than the best description of your product you could possibly give. I think that's um, hard, because, like in, in, in a lot of churches, because like I think if it, as a youth pastor and all of a sudden I decide to go to wherever we're going, I, I immediately gravitate personally towards yeah. the overwhelming feeling of, oh, my gosh, how am I going to pull this off? I mean, oh, Jody, you're feeling that, right? I mean, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially this time of year, I think, because you're sitting here staring down at mission trips coming up. You've got camps coming up. You've got, I mean, we're already starting to plan for our fall, um, you know, some of our, our bigger fall events. Um, so everything's kind of coming down now. And so right. it, it does. And you've got situations, too, where, I mean, I think a lot of what we're talking about to this point is individuals fundraising, but there are plenty of situations where you're not just fundraising for an individual, you're fundraising for your entire group and maybe it's camp, yeah. maybe it's, you know, and so you're, and car I, washing, when I hear that, I, yeah, I was supposed to say car washing, you know, spaghetti like supper and yeah, chili suppers. And, shoot yeah. me now. I yeah. just, um, but you, sometimes it takes that. It does take that. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't necessarily do those things. I'm just, I think to, I mean, how you you guys tell me this? How much does your profit margin matter when it comes to fundraising? As far as when you decide what you do, yeah, that, I'd, yeah. I'd be curious about that. Yeah, because I, I suspect, Bubba, you probably have done a deep dive into the profit margin part of that, and well, whether, it, whether it's chili or whether it's a T-shirt, I, I would think that it probably needs to be. Similar is that is that fair? Right. So it, it's got to be worth your time of of doing it. Um, you know, we um, when I started for the nations, I really had the desire that there might be a day where we would add multiple fundraising products, which is why I didn't name it anything uh, t-shirt specific. But the more that I've been introduced to other products, nothing just has the same uh, profit margin uh, for us to be able to share. You know, I mean, we could get a T-shirt down to six, seven, eight dollars, and you could sell it for twenty-five. I mean, that's a huge profit margin for a student that only needs to raise fifteen hundred, two thousand um, dollars for a, for an international mission trip. So, um, you know, that's that's a big deal. But at the end of the day, if something sells well at five dollars profit over something that doesn't sell at all at twenty dollars profit, then you got to you got to go with what's going to sell. So, a, a great example would be. You know, T-shirts are, are obviously price dictated by what brands you use. Some brands are cheaper than others. Some brands are, are more expensive. 
um, well, the ones that are more expensive are more expensive because they're nicer. So, uh, for instance, a popular brand would be Comfort Colors. Those are the most expensive blank T-shirts that exist, but people love them. So if you can sell 100 shirts with Comfort Colors or you could sell 25 and get an extra two, you know, with the cheapest shirt out there and get an extra two dollars a shirt, you're, you're still not making up the difference there, you know. And so it's it, it definitely does take some planning, some consideration. I think a lot of times, though, um, sometimes the profit and the margin, the profit margin um, is secondary to the experience of fundraising. You know, if you've got a church and you're putting on a, a car wash or you're putting on a chili cook-off or you're putting on some kind of an event-type fundraiser, sometimes those things don't create the most profit in themselves, but they create opportunity and momentum. You know, and that's now where the, the story, tur- and that goes back to the story, right? right? That's right, where if right. there's something so you, we're saying, man, but we got to make sure at that chili supper that you're also telling the story. The story right. of what you're doing, the story of what God has done maybe in previous years at this particular mission experience, because I feel like that's the thing that, that captures people's hearts, right? Right. Um, yeah, but not just, I mean, also you're creating a venue uh, in that moment to be able to uh, to sell. So if you're having a chili cook-off, you can set up, you know, you can set up your booth with your T-shirts or whatever that is that you're selling. Um, and it gives people an opportunity, a venue to actually focus on it. Um, you know, we've had friends that have, you know, for an adoption, have done a concert, they've done a benefit concert and they actually ended up selling, they made more money off selling concessions and t-shirts and, you know, knickknacks in the lobby than they actually made off the concert itself because it created a venue. But also, you know, one of the neat things about fundraising is it really creates your tribe. So, you know, if you have an event, then you're raising money for, a, you know, you're, let's say you're raising money for to go to camp this summer and you have a, a car wash or you have some kind of event like that, the people who come now have a personal investment in your story about what's about to happen, whether that's a mission trip or a camp or, or anything in between. Um, you're really creating your tribe. And so we actually, um, I've always promoted people fundraising for mission trips, um, even if they don't need to, you know, even if it's a fairly wealthy family or somebody that has the means to do, they even create some sort of fundraiser because it puts people around you that now care about what you're doing. They're praying for what you're doing. They're involved in what you're doing. So it really kind of creates that circle of people. Uh, and you know what? If you don't need the money, take that money and give it to somebody else that needs more money to, to fundraise with. But doing some kind of fundraiser really kind of clarifies who's on your team. You know, So it's a, it's a cool – it has multiple cool effects when you do fundraising well. So, so I think also what I'm hearing there is there – if you're doing mission trip fundraising, it's important. Two things come to mind. One, giving those folks buy. In other words, you're not just selling them a something and then getting their money and not continuing to communicate, but somehow capturing their name, mm-hmm. capturing their information and communicating with them either during the process of getting ready for that mission trip, but also maybe during the mission trip. But I would think that the, that part of the long term thinking of, of fundraising, not just as a this one trip, but future trips as well, the importance of following up after the mission trip with the folks that have contributed to that mission trip in some capacity. So whether that be an email letter or something saying, hey, thanks, I wanted to let you know by you contributing, here's some of the things that happened as right. a result of that, I think that would be huge. Do, yeah, you, do you do you do anything to help that? Because we so we'll give our students a packet, an info packet, and in that packet, 
is uh, a whole bunch of information, obviously, about the trip that they would need. It also has a template for them as far as a letter to write for support and a follow-up for those who do support. And we always make sure it's not, like if we're, like this summer we'll be in Montreal, the, the sample letters if you're going to the Dominican. So obviously, if that's that's not going to work. Be sure to change that. Yeah, make sure. You, so you know who really <laughs> takes the time to do it. Wait, but they're we, going to Dominican? Wait, what? Where we, are you going? Yeah, wait, that's not what I thought. Um, we want to make it really hard for our students to fail in that regard. Um, and so we're going to give them all of the things they can they can have to succeed. I don't know. Do you? But as the well, but for me though, as the gatekeeper of, of uh, and really as the, the the guy telling the ultimate story as the youth pastor, I, I want to make sure that I'm not thinking again just for this one trip, but I'm thinking long term. So literally anybody from a contribution standpoint financially, but also from a contribution standpoint of um, volunteer. In other words, if you're on that, well, one of our trips we have shower trucks, for instance. And these people don't even come to my church. They're just people that meet us there in Texas, and we have these shower trucks volunteers that hand out towels to kids. So whoever's coordinating that shower truck, I literally I get I get all the emails of all the volunteers they have, and I send them a follow up email. And the email is always it always sounds similar, but it basically gives them all the information of everything we've done that week, uh, including a um, report on decisions that were made. And really just a heavy sort of – and I actually genuinely believe this, so it, I, it's not like a um, – it's not a fake thing, but it's a genuine thing of me saying, hey, I believe that you helping in this process actually helped contribute to these decisions, that you had a part in that. Um, but I think if – you know, one thing I'm hearing, and I think if, if – if, you know, I think if our listeners could grab onto here is the importance of thinking of, of fundraising as not just a one-moment thing but a long-term thing. Um, you're not just talking about this one trip, but you're also wanting to think next year when we turn around again and hit these same people up again, are they going to have a good memory of whenever I bought that T-shirt from them or I bought that chili from them, or are they going to um, feel like nothing ever really came about as a result of that? And that part, that, that's just where you have to make sure you're you're being faithful to do that. Yeah. Well, and I, and, I, and I think there's another opportunity there um, that you kind of brushed up against where I, I've seen it happen is, um, you know, we're talking, you know, primarily about teenagers. And when you connect them with somebody that's helping them fundraise, it's going to, in all likelihood, be somebody older than them, whether it's a young adult, senior adult, anywhere in between. And what you're, you're creating there is a possible bond for discipleship to happen as well. Um, we have, I know of a couple of, of guys in our church that are in college now that still meet with men that are their mentors. And the way they met them is when they were in high school, that, that mentor and their spouse sponsored them on a mission trip, um, and made a connection there. And, uh, upon returning, when they thank them personally, you know, made a connection and now they still meet, you know, once, once every, every other couple or once every other week or so. Um, you know, as kind of a mentor discipleship type relationship. So you're obviously what you're doing there is you're using fundraising as an avenue to create relationships inside of your church. No, I think, I think you're right. And that, and that's, you know, there are, when, like I said earlier, I think fundraising gets really messy and, and, or it can be, and it can certainly be overcomplicated, but at the end of the day, it, it's not money for money's sake. And I think we have to recognize the fact that, all of this is is really for a longer purpose 
down the right. road. It's not just for this moment. And so whether we're talking about relationships that are being formed through the fundraising, whether we're talking about, you know, just inviting people into the opportunity. I, I have people often, and I'm sure you guys have had this, where people come up and say, I can't go, but I know they can, and this is how I can be a part of what's happening. And, you know, that's that story aspect that you're talking about. And so I love the fact that you say, because I think probably a lot of people do not think about if you're doing the spaghetti dinner, having the t-shirts there, or if you're doing, you know, so you've kind of, you're not banking on a spaghetti dinner to, right. to raise all that because I, I, man, I'm telling you hours and hours and hours making spaghetti, you make <laughs> however much money, then you split it however many ways and everybody walks out with like six bucks. Um, sometimes that, that's a lot of work for a little return. So having some other avenues there present, whether it's, you know, a product like a t-shirt or something you're selling or whether it's just a donation bucket or whether it's, you know, whatever, I mean, make it, make bracelets or, or something there to give them an opportunity to, um, to be able to earn more than what it's costing them. My favorite fundraiser, which kind of goes almost against everything that we're saying, is that okay? <laughs> sure. I mean, it's super passive. It's just the envelope fundraiser. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Have you ever seen this? You no. take you take 100 yep. envelopes, you number them 1 to 100, and then you ask people to take an envelope and donate the amount of money that is the number on the envelope. Hmm. Um, right. Yeah, the other thing you can do is you can just do like a, a section of $5, a section of $10, a section of 20 We've actually got that up right now for our summer camp for our kids. It's extremely um, effective. I don't think it should be the only fundraiser you do for all the reasons we've already talked about, but right. I do think it should be a fundraiser you do because you know, there are people, there are lots of people who want to support and give who don't because they don't know how or because right. they don't, uh, don't have the opportunity to do so. Well, we've even, um, we've done that one in the form of a Christmas tree as well, where you take the envelopes and make a tree. You know, obviously the smaller, it gets, it gets bigger towards the bottom because you've got more room to put the smaller ones down there. And then, you know, the very top one is obviously the most expensive. So we've, we've seen it shaped like that as well against the wall. It's great. And usually people who are taking the lower numbers, well, you know, if they take a dollar, generally they're going to give more than a dollar. Not always. But what I love about that is it allows literally almost everyone to contribute, you know, like, and we've done this in the past and like my kids have taken like some of their money and donated towards somebody, um, you know, and, and they couldn't do that in another way, maybe. So it, I think it, again, just another opportunity for people to, to plug in and buy in and, and be involved. Sure. I think you need to be, I mean, we say this about everything, but you need to know your church, you know the culture there, you need to know the rules about fundraising and not, you need to make sure you have all the permission that you need to get, that you have the rooms reserved if that's a process, you need to, you know, publicize it, follow the rules on all that. Um, right. And those are things that we often don't think about. Yeah. But are really important. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yep. And I mean, if you happen to be a youth pastor landing in a church that, you know, doesn't do fundraising at all, maybe that, that may end up having to be something that you honor. I mean, yeah. you really may just have to sit back and go, even though you may be great at it or you may have an entrepreneurial type spirit in you <laughs> yeah you may have to literally kind of sit back and go well i'm gonna i'm gonna play by the rules here and not do that and trust you know trust that process um or you may be a guy who has or a girl who has no entrepreneurial spirit in you whatsoever and you're laying out a place that they're expecting you to be an expert in fundraising 
And that's where, well, you know, we have to just kind of dig in and start to get creative and, and, and figure, figure some of this stuff out. Bubba, what are you well, doing on your side of the, 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 the mic over there, brother? It's loud. It's great. What is that? What's going on, man? He's killing somebody. Sorry. Are you, uh, he's it. making t-shirts. Is that one of those 18 kids you have? What is that? Yeah. Stop it. I was, uh, <laughs> you do have a lot of kids. Let's just be honest no. about that. It's it's at our office. It's, it's it was actually not me. I was moving moving to another room. Oh yeah. So, um, <laughs> so it was one no, of your kids. So it was one of your know, kids. Yeah. And addressing addressing what you were just uh, what you were just talking about, I really think that's one of the, the benefits of the way that, that we have it set up is that if your church is against fundraising uh, as a community inside of the walls or even as a church led fundraiser, you know we can still help a teenager that's doing it completely on their own outside of the walls of church that might need some extra money um and they because of the the prevalence of social media they can still have an audience that would include some church members um but not have to actually bring it with inside the context of the church so to speak uh, to fundraise so yeah. we found a little bit of a, a niche helping people in that regard as well because you're right some churches have very um, strict policies when it comes to fundraising well and not every student okay this isn't going to happen in every student but it also i think provides an opportunity for some amazing conversations with that student here um, as they're talking about the shirt the folks like telling that story again. And so it does give opportunities for the gospel even ahead of going right. or at least um, opens the door for, for some conversation there, which, you know, which I love. So I, I think, yeah, if your church, if you're in a situation where your church doesn't allow fundraising, um, obviously this is a, this is a great option. The t-shirts, um, you know, maybe it's letter writing, maybe it's a combo of both. Maybe you're doing your own car wash somewhere. Maybe you're, you know, I, I think um, there's plenty of, of opportunities there. You just may have to get a little little creative um, right. on that front. But what I would say is do something, right? I mean, like you said, even if you don't necessarily need it, um, I think it's good for the student to have some buy-in on that trip, even if the parents can write the check. Right. Allow that student to see the need to, to contribute it's there. It's good stuff. This has been good, Bubba. Yeah, Way to go, man. Good. Okay, hey, so good. Uh, folks want to find you. Yep. What's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, they can just go to our website. It's fundthenations.com. And like I said, you know, there's no special trick. Uh, if you fill out the contact form there, one of our team contacts you right away. Um, and you get taken care of by a real person. It's not an automated process. It's not a computer uh, system it, it's really somebody that's walking you through and answering questions and is available to to help you out so uh, all you have to do is show up show up at our website it'll explain everything and then we can take it from there for you yeah and uh like like i said that's happening right now i'm watching it happen like hunter yeah. and i have been emailing back and forth a whole bunch it's <laughs> uh, good i i know hunter a bunch too so <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a very patient fellow you need to make sure hunter no, hooks, right. he hooks jody up with the best design ever you know, and Hunter actually, he's a he's a worship pastor at a local church as well. And this is his kind of you know day job, and then he, he he leads worship. That's cool. That's awesome. Beautiful. Shout out to Hunter. What about a resource? Uh, any type of resource, youth ministry wise, that you throw out? Yeah, one of the things that we discussed in our elders meeting at our church uh, last week about for our students is a, a book for well for students and their parents uh, is Twelve Ways Your Phone Is Changing You. Oh, I thought you were going to pub. Uh, I thought you were going to. Going to mention my book right then. There, Bubba. But thanks for nothing. I appreciate that. Well, man, you, you've got a platform to, to, to push your book all the time. Um, 
told the kid. Right, we actually uh, talked about twelve ways your phone. We just talked about that in one of the previous podcasts. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, it's great. Uh, man. It's, a good, it's a good one, isn't it? Good. It's so good. Yep. And so we're going to actually uh, walk through the the discussion part of it with our, our parents and let them ask questions. And just thought it would be a neat thing to to walk through. It's not just a student ministry, but a student ministry plus plus their parents in the room. So we're yeah, gonna that's do great. That. Well, awesome, man. Well, hey, thanks for. Uh, taking some time out of your day and chatting with us here. I, I, fundraising is such a crucial thing for youth ministry, especially I feel like it hits youth ministry more than any other avenue in the church. And right. it's one of those things that when you're hired day one, you're expected to be able to facilitate that, regardless of what that looks yeah. like, whether your policy is to fundraise at your church or whether it's to help others learn and figure out how to raise money. You're having events that people are having to pay for, and it's not one of those things you often learn. And probably one of those things worth, Jody, when I hear you saying that, probably one of those things worth asking in the interview process before you ta- before you go to a new church. Absolutely. Honestly. Like yeah, you, need, absolutely. you need to know what the expectation there is going to be, um, especially based on your skill set and what, you, what your own personal um, philosophies are related to that. So yeah. kind of important uh, to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, and we've we've talked about uh, an episode at some point about kind of hey, what does it look like to get a youth ministry job and some of that stuff, and yeah. so we, we'll circle, be fun. We need to circle back to that. So awesome. Well, hey, thanks for uh, for jumping on here and uh, and answering some of our questions and talking fundraising again. I think it's super important. Uh, be sure again to head over to the show notes page to check out all of the links and the resources that we've mentioned and that is at the longerhall.com slash episode zero five three the longerhall.com slash episode zero five three and i think that'll do it for this episode awesome thanks bubba man you rock bro i appreciate your friendship thanks for having me on yeah man we'll see you guys later in the next one Thanks for listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast at www.thelongerhall.com.